do you have a favorite language in the world? And if so, what and why? What makes it your favorite language? Um, my favorite language is is Sanskrit um, because, and I took four years of it because um, it, uh, it's so old, which I really like. So there's just like this, when something, I don't know, kind of connecting to something that's like in a totally different time just feels sort of, I don't know, big and spiritual and uh, just like, it's uh it's like it's like standing up and looking at the view from from a mountain or something mm. as opposed to like looking at the view from down in the trees mm-hmm. um like the the further back you go it's like the higher up you are mm. um so it gives you this amazing view and then um but they also i'm really into phonetics and the sounds and they did such a great job of describing the sounds and mm. we know exactly mm. what sanskrit sounded like and and it's like they you know they just the the priests or whatever chanting the rig veda and the younger people are like doing it wrong (laughs) in their mind like they're not pronouncing it the same way so they notice these sound changes happening and they're like oh no we have to like codify this we have to like write this down and make sure that they're saying it the way that we want them to say it and Mm. On the one hand, it's very prescriptive of them and, and everything, but also it's like it it prompted them to like describe the sounds in a way that like no one does. Mm. Like people don't notice sound changes like that. They just like um, you know, language just kind of happens and they complain that the youngsters don't do it the way the old people did mm-hmm. it and stuff. And um so uh yeah, I just, I love that. Uh, I love knowing that I can move my mouth in the same way that they did. Mm. And there's like this kind of connection through that in a way. So I'm, I'm a speaker of, and not a very good one of a, of a, of like a spiritual, like a sacred language, a holy language that was completely reconstructed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no reason to believe that it's pronounced anything like the way that it was in ancient times. And yet like mm-hmm. we, we still have sort of the same sense of like sacred syllables and, uh, and characters that uh, I imagine is sort of what contributes to this. Um, but because of that, I I'm around a lot of people who are sort of apologists maybe for like the changes that have happened to Hebrew over time and like the way that the culture, the way that they, that they reflect sort of the culture that, that currently exists. And then, and therefore it still sort of functions as these sacred sounds in Jewish Mm -hmm. culture, despite like being super different and, and despite different Jewish cultures speaking it super differently. Um, Mm -hmm. what, what that gives the question that, 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 that gives rise to for me in hearing you describe Sanskrit is like, and why it's your favorite is that, uh, I wonder if that feels like a very personal taste to you, because I feel like there are people who say, I mean, you said like, it's, that's like very prescriptivist or something like, and, and like people, I know I hear a lot of people, especially like with English people saying like, 
drifting is good and and like you know like this is how humans work and like preserving it as it like set in stone forever is not only impossible but like it's culturally bad or something uh and i don't i'm not saying any of that is the least bit true i'm just wondering like is is this how philosophical is this choice of yours or is it like personal in a way that you sort of consider very uh much your own Mm. um part of it is personal because i'm very like in my head a lot and like i have trouble like the whole like all the body stuff i feel like i'm clumsy when Mm. i dance and like it's all kind of like this distant thing but i'm very aware physically of my mouth Mm. And so it's like, I can get to the other, to the rest of my body, like through my mouth. And so like the pronunciation of things and like doing this, like doing this dance with my tongue and my lips and everything like, um, is just like super cool. And it helps me like unlock a lot of stuff. So in that way, it's, it's kind of personal. Um, but, um, but like what you were saying about like Hebrew, it's like, in that case, there are it's like there are there are different things that are important in different Mm -hmm. languages Mm -hmm. and like with hebrew it's the consonants Mm -hmm. and the vowels can kind of change and you can they can you know they can shift around like arabic and syriac i took some of that too and you know there's a lot of flexibility in the vowels and in english there's a lot of Mm -hmm. flexibility in the vowels and if you look at the different dialects like you know like the vowels change first Mm. and so like um you know and the consonants the consonants also change absolutely but but not not as much and you can understand someone who just has a different vowel pattern in their dialect Mm -hmm. and and it's fine and it works and it's all language and it's amazing Mm -hmm. um and uh did I answer the question at all? I feel like I got you. And you certainly answered the personal part. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, uh, like the the way that um, different things are important in different languages, like I, I'm wondering what that says about language, or, or like actually maybe I just ask you this: like, is there even anything that you can say about language as a as a unifying concept? Or are these different things that are important in different languages sort of so fundamental that they make languages into like different kinds of thing entirely? Mm, no, I think, yeah. So, uh, yeah, unifying concept. So, okay. So I, I feel like, you know, language changes and, and I think it's changing kind of as we're, as we're developing as a species mm. and like, that's happening really slowly. But if you kind of shrink it down and imagine like watching like a baby and a toddler, like kind of growing and learning to talk and they're learning to walk and they're learning to like pick things up and roll over and like do all the big like milestones and stuff. And they they go through all these stages and every stage is so adorable. if we can like look at ourselves and like how our language develops and progresses and it's like it's all just adorable Mm -hmm. and like um 
and we kind of like we take sounds from other languages that we didn't used to have like english didn't used to have a glottal stop for example um but a lot a lot of languages do um the the uh, uh, kind of sound um like we have it in uh oh but like that was like the one word that we had it in for the longest time but now it's like i use it all the time like um like a t at the end of a word mm-hmm. is a glottal stop like i would say at instead mm-hmm. of at mm-hmm. you know things like that mm-hmm. um so we take these these other sounds in that we didn't have before and we you know like lose some sounds that we did have and we um and i think like i don't know my personal theory is that like we have this ability to make all these sounds and all these different languages between them do most of them there's like the clicks and the like all kinds of weird things and i feel like that's kind of different parts of us as a species like like experimenting with different things and we can gradually like add those all together until we can have all of those sounds and that will hopefully make us able to express all kinds of things that we can't express now because mm. it's like every time i'm like i don't i don't know how to say this thing i have this emotion or this i had this experience and i don't know how to express it and i feel like someday in like 20,000 years <laughs> someone will be able to express it they'll have like the cognitive stuff and they'll have enough linguistic complexity to do it but i don't have it right now because i'm at this really cute like toddler stage i you have completely blown my mind like are you saying are you saying that like the the universal principles of human language or something simply don't exist yet like we have it like we haven't matured enough as a super organism to have a language that's yeah. that advanced oh my god that's so cool it's yeah. so like the <laughs> upside down from how i feel like i've ever thought about it before the <laughs> so so okay but so maybe another way of looking at it from the other direction is that learning is sort of the universal human principle learning applied mm-hmm. to sound or like applied to all of the sort of raw sensory information that's assembled into language, mm-hmm. however one's body and brain yeah. is able yeah. to do it. You're, you're a parent also, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you have, yeah. you have seen humans learn from zero. Like I have yeah. and yeah. Uh, learn language, like learn how to speak. Um, yeah. Can you talk about sort of, parallels between the sort of individual learning and and like the cultural learning of the evolution of a language itself yeah yeah i mean there's like it's like you watch a kid and they're like they're trying to to do things either physically or linguistically and and they get frustrated and they can't figure it out or like they've got this thought in their head and they can't make the sounds or they can't like take that step reliably and 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 it's like there's so much angst and like they're so they're trying so hard but you can also see they're like they're learning and you and you know they're gonna get there and like and you know they're gonna you know like like okay today they can't take more than two steps or they can't like say the word spaghetti but like 
in a week or a month or, or something or, or a year, they, you know, they'll be able to say spaghetti, you know, just like no problem. And, um, and so it's like, when I, when I look around at like all this crazy shit in the world, the wars and the awful stuff, I'm like, okay, it's like growing pains, you know, mm. it's like, this is like us being, being frustrated and whiny about it and like, you know, crying and throwing hissy fits over it, um, throwing little tantrums and, um, and, and we'll, we'll get past it because, you know, we'll learn how to communicate with each other and we'll learn how to like our linguistic abilities will develop to the point that we can all just sit around and have a nice conversation mm. instead of like <laughs> throwing blocks at each other. Oh, wow. 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 Okay. So I want, I want to connect it back to what you said about Sanskrit um, or the way you described Sanskrit mm -hmm. because it was preserved as like a spiritual task, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was a mm -hmm. ritual and like liturgical language. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. or, or I mean, was it actually don't know this? Was it was it also like the common spoken language at the time? Or was it like reserved? Yeah, for this purpose? it was. Yeah, 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 it was. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's even deeper. Because it's like, now you live in a society that just speaks in the language of, uh, I mean, I guess this is like the way it was with Hebrew too, but supposedly, but it's like the religions of the Jewish people formed so far after that time that it's still just sort of like legendary mm -hmm. time. And the, the, yeah. the Hebrew in the scriptures sort of just represents that whole culture. Um, so, but, but you, so you're, you're, you're clearly like enamored with the sense of sacredness that the protectors of this language, or at least like the people who transmitted the canonical works of this language, like, to the, the sacredness that they gave to their task. The thing that you just described, this sort of like global maturation process of all cultures getting to know each other um, seems to me to have like a fairly spiritual bent to it. Also, it's like a, it's, yeah. it's sort of a, uh, a faith. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that you were, a spiritual person, but I sort of didn't realize how language uh, itself, how central it was to maybe to like your spirituality. Like, do you relate to that statement? And can you yeah. say more about how that plays out in your own practice and life? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, so language is just for whatever reason, for various reasons has always kind of come to me sort of easily so that's like one of my strengths and i'm um i'm a big fan of using my strengths to overcome my weaknesses and um so so language is like a path for me to unlock all kinds of things mm -hmm. um and i had some like blocks in spirituality for a while but like that was a that was a, a way for me to get to it um so i'm not saying it's like an objective path into spirituality but mm -hmm. it's my path into mm -hmm. spirituality and it works really well for me and since on a certain level everything is spiritual you know it, it's uncomfortable <laughs> with that statement it all works yeah <laughs> it all works so 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 do you do you feel comfortable talking about how language 
like mechanically how maybe mechanically is not the right language, but like that, like, like how, how did language, how did you use it? How did you employ it in working through like spiritual blocks that you had and like, what did it mm. do? Um, okay. For example, um, and this sort of ties into the Sanskrit thing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So another block that I've had is with music because mm. I don't know, people would judge me for the music I listen to or whatever. Um, so, um, but I started singing along with music in the car. So there's nobody there to know what I'm listening to or, or whatever, say, you know, my music taste sucks or whatever. I'm <laughs> singing along with like Ed Sheeran or whatever. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it kind of occurred to me that like, I'm moving my lips in this particular way, like this very specific dance, this long series of like words and I'm singing out loud. So I'm like, got my vocal cords, you know, activated and, and the whole thing. And it's like all these other people all over the world have at some point or other also sung along with this song. Like they have moved their lips and their tongue in this exact, really precise way. And, um, and it's like the Sanskrit grammarians, the reason it was so important to them was that, um, as I understand it, like, like this, the chanting and, you know, and I think this applies to other chanting, Christian chanting and all kinds of like all the different religions, like that do chanting and, and singing together in like churches and, and whatever, like there, um, there's this sense of connection and you go to a concert and you look at everyone, they're all singing along and there's this sense of connection. And, and then I start like kind of stepping out of time a little bit and it's like, okay, I'm alone in the car, but like all these other people, all these other places, all these other times have done this exact thing. And it's like, it doesn't have to be at the same moment. It doesn't have to be in the same place. Like if you're doing it in this way, you're kind of like sort of occupying the same, not space, space and not time, time, but you're occupying the same something, the same piece of existence and um, as all these other people and the, the really old stuff like Sanskrit or whatever, or, or whatever, you know, old language that has these chants that have been, or songs that have been carried down, you know, you're connecting with people from like way back, which is, you know, really cool. And I think there is something to that. I think they, they wanted to preserve it for this reason, because they, they knew there was something important about doing it exactly the same way and like following this exact pattern. And, um, and so, and then I feel like, you know, we're also, when we're doing it, we're breathing and there's this rhythm to the music. And I feel like that is the rhythm and the breathing. That is what taps into like God or spirituality or, or whatever. Cause like, that's where it all comes from. Like the rhythm, like the, the, planets and the universe and like everything is going according to its own rhythm and overlapping rhythms and it's all this like giant symphony of like people moving and dancing and talking and singing and um and so that's kind of how how it ties together for me 